The following is a hoop ball presentation. My name is Lawrence Brooks, and we are back with the Hootball Dallas Mavericks podcast. And not only are we back, we are back with one of our OGs, somebody who has been on our pod before, Hall of Fame radio host, my guy from Dallas, Texas, Chris Arnold. Chris, how are you? Thank you for joining us today. Anytime, Lawrence. Got you down. Man. Um, it's, it's definitely a pleasure. I've been wanting to get you back on here so we could talk about these Mavericks because no one, not many people can talk about them like you can. And so it, it was definitely a must to, to bring you back. And people have been wanting you back. So I'm glad we were able to do so. But before we get into it, um, let me talk to you all about my bookie. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. I always get asked who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes. And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with MyBookie. MyBookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for TV games on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and everything in between. And you know me. You know I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Now, since the last time we talked, the Mavericks have did a complete 180. They have... We went from talking about them being in their COVID situation. And this was even early when it was questions on whether Luca was in shape, how we would get Dwight Powell back. We've had so many different um, scenarios that have flipped. Now the team is finally back in regular, in regular motion. There's no COVID. Guys are just dealing with day-to-day aches, not dealing with COVID aches. And we have a team that we can properly evaluate. And last night, I think, was one of their better games. And like I've been preaching, I've been preaching patience all year because I knew this team could make some, could find their way, make, make their strides, and start to actually win basketball games. I didn't, I, I was really, um, I want to say, excited about the fact that I thought that they could maybe move up to fourth or fifth place. But right now, we just need to get into the playoff picture. Just get in, just be a top eight team. Based on what you saw last night and what you see from them moving forward, how do you feel about the Mavericks as we stand today? I feel great. They've answered the they've, they've answered the bell. Back in January, when they were going through the COVID situation, for those who don't know the de- details of it, they lost 41 man games to COVID. They lost guys, three or four guys out of the rotation, a couple of starters. Uh, for 20 days, 20 days at a time, including Jalen Brunson, who's playing out of his mind right now. So just imagine you had no Jalen Brunson, no Josh uh, Richardson, no uh, Dwight Powell, no Maxi Cleaver, and no Dorian Finney-Smith. 
So, and they played more road games than any team in the league uh, going into February 1st. More road games, which meant there was no practice together. All right. They weren't at home to practice on the road because of COVID situations and NBA travel. They don't allow the players to be together. They have to have road, uh, their, their meals individually in the rooms. So they were going through a lot of different things, but nobody cares about that. They're just mad. Oh, everybody's got issues. So I was saying at the start of February, there are no more excuses. You got everybody healthy now. You got all 15 players back. Everybody's healthy. You've got more home games than a whole lot of teams. In fact, you have the fourth easiest schedule in the league from February 1st moving into the All-Star game. So I said, there's no excuses. And guess how they responded? How about they've uh, won nine out of 12? Four out of the last five. Luca's been named a starter to the All-Star game. I mean, you, you see how Brunson has responded. You see the different players stepping up. The Mavericks bench looks deeper than ever. Uh, Porzingis has played well for the last month of February. In fact, it's quiet as it's kept. Outside of last night's game, going into last night's game, especially to put it, because I haven't checked the stats going uh, uh, since last night's game. And last night he had uh, 18 points and I think eight rebounds. Going into last night's game, month of February, Christoph Porzingis in next level analytics had that coveted 50, 40, 90, shooting over 50% from the field, over 40% from three point range, and over 90% from the free throw line. That's called accuracy. And yes, he missed some games because the trainers and the coach and the doctor said, you know, your back is tight. We're just going to be extra careful. And everybody always blames Porzingis as if he doesn't care. He's, he's a, no, no, it's a joint thing. He says how he feels, and then they wrap him in the bubble wrap. And, of course, he doesn't like that, but that's what they do. Exactly. And even last night, I mean, he, I think he ended up, he had seven, he ended up with 17 points, 10 rebounds, but he was three for 10 from the three-point line. So he could have easily had a 30-point night. I, yeah. like, I, I like Porzingis. I like the way they played last night. I think they had commanded the game pretty much from 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 jump. I mean, it was competitive a little bit going back and forth early, but once they finally got a hold of the game, it was never really any doubt whether they would um, let the game slip. And one of the things that I've liked about this run they've been going on is I've talked a lot early about how bad they were shooting the basketball. And they would come out and they would play really competitive games and then they would get leads and the lead would dry up because they can't sustain a lead because they can't shoot the ball well late in games to hold to show you how right you are to show you how right you are end of january they were the last in the league in three point shooting absolutely and it was and and it, and it's a team that's supposed to be a three point shooting team so that was the what they set the record nba most accurate team in NBA history last year, which is one of the reasons why they felt like they could afford to lose Seth Curry and step up the defense with Josh Richardson. Uh, Again, let me just say this succinctly. They had COVID issues, but nobody wants to hear about that. Yes, and I I keep saying that too. And everybody that's listening to the Hoop Ball Dallas Mavericks podcast, you everyone should understand that because I've been saying that and I know Twitter can be the worst place to reference at times but it's literally it's either up in flames or everyone's in heaven it's never anywhere in between so when they were losing games and guys are looking bad and they're just getting back 
it's always, oh my God, we need to trade this person. Why is this person playing so much? And even I fell into the trap of not necessarily, I don't want to say fell into a trap, but I did feel as if when they were going through their COVID situation, there were some guys playing heavy minutes that maybe weren't accustomed to playing heavy minutes. And maybe that's not their role. Like Willie Colley-Stein didn't, I don't think he went into this season with the assumption that he would be a 30 minute per night guy as he had to be early, or maybe the same thing for Jalen Brunson. Although he's made me look bad. I've, I've been a Jalen Brunson fan, but my point being was a lot of their role players were playing heavy minutes because a lot of the starters were out. And I felt like that was being held against them because I'm like, look, these guys aren't even supposed to be in this position. Guys are playing over their head right now because this is just the state of the team. So last night it was good to see them put it all together. And they've actually been one of the one of the teams that don't rebound the basketball as well, but they actually had a good rebounding game last night. So I felt like they put it all together. Did you see anything from last night that maybe concerns you moving forward? Because again, winning cares all. So of course, when you win, who cares? But was there anything you saw last night? Because I felt like last night was one of their more well-rounded games. Um, if people want to nitpick, they can say towards the end of the game, it got close, but they, they weren't going to lose that game. I'm going to say this again. And I said this to, I say again, because I said it to you last time we talked. People can get on that emotional roller coaster if they want to, but there's 72 games in this season. And I refuse to get on that emotional roller coaster. People will always have something to imagine uh, concern themselves with. In fact, you said, does anything concern you? Let me tell you what's going on in Dallas. As people were quietly not paying attention to this team when nine of the last 12 games, they were coming up with all kinds of things to be worried about. Let's just micromanage the Mavericks and be overly concerned about Persingas. But here's, here's the one that they're going to always go back to because they got to come up with drama. It's fear of loss. You got to come up with fear. Let's scare the public, right? Mm -hmm. Why are there people out there saying, you know what? They have got to come up with, they've got to come up with something. Are you still with me, Lawrence? I'm still here. Okay, because uh, an Amber Alert just came up on my screen. Now, oh. I don't know if you can still see me or not, but we're good. Um, what I was going to tell you was people have now been coming up with this, this new theory of, you know, we can lose Luca. If this team doesn't win, he can pull a LeBron and run off to the Lakers or he gets, I'm like, what does it take? You can't even relax and watch this guy and this team grow. You've got to say, if we don't hurry up and get another star besides Porzingis, he could be gone. How about he's more like Dirk and Giannis than any American player? Because he's from another country, he's wired different. But people have to come up with something to be overly worried about. And until he leaves, you can always throw that out there and scare people. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because as we as we're talking about the state of the Mavericks as they are today, I was I, I've read up and I've, I've seen, you know, the tea leaves, so to speak, about people who were speculating on Porzingis's injury because they had a one week hiatus, obviously due to the snow and all the adverse weather conditions. Oh, in yeah. Texas. So a lot of people took Porzingis's injury. They thought that it was a mysterious quote unquote, let's let's conjure something up to keep him out, to put him in bubble wrap because we're preserving him for trade opportunities. 
come to find out, well, I guess we will never know the truth of whether how bad he was hurt because everyone was saying they didn't have any games. When did he get hurt? How did this happen? And you see around the league a lot of guys that are sitting because they're trying to maintain trade value by not risking injury. Come to find out, Porzingis plays anyway. So with the, with the idea that trade rumors are swirling around Porzingis, it's literally bad game, what's the trade scenario, good game, <laughs> no one says anything. How do you feel about Porzingis' long-term opportunity on this team versus should they try to get something for him? I'm of the mindset that they need to add, keep him at another star when you can. I don't think getting rid of him, I think it's addition by subtraction because I think he stretches the floor. I think his gravity actually benefits the Mavericks offense really, really well. And his presence alone is something that they can really use. And not many, not many bigs in the league can command the type of presence that he brings. Where are you at on these trade speculations and all this that people just come up with, whether he has a good game or bad game, people seem to be kind of out on Porzingis because they feel like he's lost a little bit and he's somewhat of a liability defensively. Yet and still, they've won four of the last five games. It's much ado about nothing. And it's all because he's not out there every single day like Luca. The one thing you've got to understand about all these trade talk whirlwind rumors, they're not going to trade him if the value is low. That's any player. There's no way you trade somebody when nobody wants him, right? Or you can't right. get the bang for the buck. You're not going to let somebody steal him from you. This is what's so odd about it all. Everybody knows his upside, right? Everybody knows he's the unicorn. Kevin Durant's the one that nicknamed him the unicorn. The last thing you want to do is trade him to somebody. And then all of a sudden, he's playing all the time. He's only 25. And all of a sudden, he's in his prime. And you gave him away. You don't want to be that. Nobody's going to be that stupid. Or at least Donnie and Mark are. Let's, let's look at the Golden States uh, room, right? Oh, mm -hmm. uh People are saying that the Mavericks have tried to trade him to Golden State and Golden State wasn't interested. What if the story was this? And this is just purely hypothetical. What if it was Golden State was interested in the Mavericks, Porzingis, in a trade for Kristaps, or excuse me, in a trade for Clay Thompson? Mm. Now, is that wild? Okay, so here's how it's not true at all. But let's say that's what was on the table. Yeah, we, we're interested in, in uh, Porzingis because we knew what uh, KD did with Steve Kerr's offense. And we really don't know what's going to happen with Clay Thompson. He's been injured for two straight years now. And, with, and, and Clay's a little older. And uh, the money's about the same. And uh, we just know that uh, Porzingis would thrive in Steve Kerr's offense. See, nobody talks about that, but what if that was on the tape? Then the, all the media in uh, the Bay Area would be saying, what's really wrong with Clay Thompson? What's, what, do you follow what I'm saying? This is how rumors get started. The mm -hmm. Dallas Mavericks are not interested in trading for Zings. But what if it was completely flipped that the report came out, go to state, talk to the Mavericks about Clay Thompson for Porzingis. Now, imagine how juicy that is, right? Right. 
All I can say is people will come up with rumors and hearsay. And all of these guys, they don't like to hear it, but they're big boys. They know how these things happen. Look what happened with Harden. Look what happened with Anthony Davis. People can get traded at any time. And with Anthony Davis, look at the, let's just look at the Lakers, for example. The Lakers, when, when uh, LeBron finally went to the Lakers, that whole young squad, they thought they were pretty good. And they're like, man, and LeBron's going to lead us to the promised land. And guess what? The word came out that LeBron was talking to Anthony Davis and wanted Anthony Davis on squad. And in fact, the whole team wouldn't even sit next to LeBron on the bench anymore. And then half the squad got traded to New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way the world is. So even though the Mavericks have no intentions of trading Porzingis, especially when his value is down right now, you know, in the bubble, when he made second team all bubble, averaging 30 points a game. Oh, if you were wanting to trade him, that's when you would have done it. Okay. Absolutely. Not right now when his defensive value has gone down, he's playing poor defense. And this is what Carlisle said. Carlisle said, He's playing poor defense right now because we put an emphasis on defense right when he had his surgery. He couldn't do any kind of uh, training camp, the little bit training training camp that we did. And then when he came back, we're on the road. So he never learned the defensive strategies that I talked to the other guys, let alone have the chemistry on the defense with the other guys. So everybody's looking at him like he's out of, position and look at his defensive numbers. Well, that's not going to stay that way. That's just where it is now. Mm-hmm. He's still seven foot three and he can only get better at it. that being said, everybody who doesn't like him, they're going to say they should post him up more. And I always uh, try to remind people in Dallas about this. Everybody loves dirt, right? Oh, Dirk's a generational player. We've always loved Dirk. No, you didn't. (laughs) Watching the news on TV, listening to the debate show on TV, being on the radio, doing my own talk shows, getting the phone calls, getting the text, going to the Maverick games where I'm the MC for the games, where everybody dogged out Dirk. This is before the championship. Dogged out Dirk, caught him a soft Euro. You would never win with Dirk. He can't do it. He's soft. Why is he soft? Oh, he won't post up down low. He shoots three. He's seven foot tall. What is he doing shooting three? There's no way somebody that big should be out there shooting threes, spreading the floor. That doesn't work. He's a soft Euro. And then he wins the title. Oh, we've always loved Dirk. Yeah, <laughs> no, you were dogging him out when he was the MVP and the Mavericks won 67 games, the most games any team had won since Michael Jordan won 72, and he gets bounced in the first round by Golden State. Dirk was embarrassed to get that trophy because everybody was dogging out, calling him sauce. Mm-hmm. So I watched this play out before. I watched how you guys are dogging out for Zingas right now. I watched you do the same damn thing to Dirk, and you're going to pretend like you did Oh, we always loved Dirk. No, you did Big facts. Big. Don't let me tell. Don't let me tell the truth on people. So with Porzingis, Porzingis, I talk to doctors. I'm not even listen. I'm not saying what I feel. I talk to people, right? Mm-hmm. Porzingis is not injury prone. I went over this with you before. Yes, everybody's looking at his availability. I'm frustrated about his availability too, but he is too. 
They won't let him play. It's not him being Kawhi saying, nope, load management, I don't play these games. That was the Mavericks trainer, their doctors, and the coaching staff deciding, you know what? We're not going to play him on back-to-back because we want to extend his career. And he hadn't played in 20 months. This is what after uh, his injury when he was playing with the Knicks. And by the way, this was the difference between injury-prone and somebody that got injured by contact. When he got injured playing with the Knicks, he was dunking on Giannis. He had just been named to the All-Star team the week before. And in this game they were playing against the Bucs, uh, he's dunking on Giannis. Both of them fell to the floor. He tore up his knee. That's a contact injury. When he gets traded to the Mavericks because he wanted out of New York because New York is a S show, and we all know this. Right. And the Mavericks made the trade because they had been doing their homework with him, and they, they lined up all the – they said, we'll take on the toxic contracts of Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and uh, uh, Trey Burke. We'll take those toxic contracts so you guys can clear space for KD and Zion because that's what the Knicks are trying to do the S show that they are, right? They're going to throw away their star. So he gets this. So he's, his, he's, he's, work, he's training in Europe, working out, building his body up so he can withstand contact and, and get buff and bigger. And so he doesn't play. The Mavericks decided that with his doctors, not because the knee was bad or there was lingering effects. No, they said, we've got this program where we're going to put some muscle mass on him. Mm-hmm. And it was a full count of the year because the Knicks were trying to tank. They didn't want him. And so that's when they came up with that. His doctors came up with that plan. And the Mavericks said, hey, we're not trying to win this year either. Not that we're trying to tank. We already got Luka. But we have no urgency to make the playoffs. No, we're, we're trying to build. So, yeah, go ahead with your plan. Guess what, guess what the uh, Monday morning quarterbacks do? Well, he missed 20 months. And then the next year, the Mavericks didn't play him in back-to-backs. Well, guess what he did, Lawrence? When he was playing the month of February and March last year, Mm -hmm. he was the unicorn, and everybody was going crazy. But going into those months of February and March, guess what they were saying to Dallas? I want, by the way, he was just getting back into it during the you know the season started up the whole nine yards. He would have some good games and he would have some bad games. Guess what? Luca was also getting hurt. Luca got a sprained ankle. He couldn't play. So guess what? Luca sits out and Porzingis averages over thirty points a game, including no Luca, Porzingis alone, and the Mavericks with their depth. They beat the Bucks in Milwaukee and snapped the Bucks 19-game winning streak, which was the longest in the NBA. And the Bucks hadn't lost at home that year. No Luca, all on Porzingis, right? So guess what these people do down here, these Maverick fans and the talk shows? I wonder if Luca and Porzingis can even play together. Perhaps they need to trade one of them because they seem to be better apart. <laughs> so guess what they finally play together in February and March and Luke and Przingis are on fire the pandemic happens they restart the season in the bubble Luca makes first team all pandemic Przingis makes second team all pandemic averaging over 30 points a game and the Mavericks team as everybody all the different teams and they said that's the team of the bubble because they roll eight players deep they're the ones that handle the 
the uh, isolation of the bubble better. Anybody, they all like each other. They're all together. Mm-hmm. They go, they go to the playoffs. And I think I've told you this before. Everybody says, Porzingis, he's so soft. He plays one game in the playoffs, and he can't play no more. He's got a meniscus. Uh, that's revisionist history. Let's tell the rest of the story again. Game one, Marcus Morris, the official goon for the Clippers, goes after Lucas' ankle. All right? And then he goes, believe it or not, nobody talks about this, but this is actually in the Dallas Morning News in October. He goes after Porzingis' knee. Oh, yeah, the knee that he injured against uh, Giannis. He goes after his knee. They go up for a, a rebound. They both come down the rebound, and then Marcus Morris falls on his knee on purpose. I remember you mentioned Later, that, and I, I went back to look at that play. Later in the game, Later in the game, he goes after Lucas' ankle again. And Porzingis gets all in Morris's face, and the refs have to separate him. Uh, Porzingis has a technical already because he contests a blocked shot earlier, and the refs suspend Porzingis again because he had two texts. He tossed him out of the game for, uh, quote-unquote, fighting Marcus Morris when he didn't do anything, get in his face and stand up for Luca. right? People forget all this. So he misses game two. He plays in game three. He scores 27 points or whatever. Games four and five, he can't, and six, he can't play. The Mavericks don't say what it is. They take the hockey approach, upper body injury, lower body injury. We're not going to explain why he can't play. And all the fans and media leap to a conclusion, oh, Przingis is soft. He gets hurt just a little bit or his knee doesn't feel good, and he's not going to play. They're not saying what the injury is. Porzingis just won't play. Porzingis is steaming mad because nobody will say what happened. The series ends. They find out, or they announce that Porzingis has a a meniscus strain. He's going to have surgery, which he does. And then the story comes out about Marcus Morris. He does his rehab. By the way, Jaron Jackson, who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, has the same injury. You realize Jaron Jackson is yet to return? Porzingis came back right after January 1st. Okay? Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's the trainers, the Mavericks doctors, and Porzingis and the coaches, when he tells them how he feels, they decide if they're going to play him or not. And they're looking at long-term. Now, it drives Porzingis crazy. But it's, quote-unquote, in his best interest. For the fans, they call him soft, like they call dirt soft. Right? Mm -hmm. The other caveat on all this is why does the trainer have so much power? Because Casey Smith is arguably the best trainer in the NBA. He's the same person that told Mark Cuban, I think you need to go check into trading for Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler had a history of injury, never played 72 games. He's number two pick in the draft, never played 72 games his entire career with uh, uh, New Orleans and uh, with Charlotte. And so he steals, Mark steals him from uh, Michael Jordan, who owns the Charlotte Bobcats, made the trade. And they get Tyson Chandler. 
you only goes with Dirk and wins the NBA championship. Mark foolishly doesn't give him a contract extension. He signs with the Knicks and only becomes the defensive player of the year and an all-star. All right? Mm-hmm. Casey Smith tried to tell Mark, the man is completely fine, and he brought him over here. So Mark trusts Casey. Casey Smith's also the one that told the Dallas Mavericks, Chandler Parsons, don't sign him to an extension. The man's knee is toast. Don't do it, Mark. Don't do it. Mark said, I love Tyson, uh, Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons is going to help us get all these other players. Don't do it, Mark. Memphis signs Chandler Parsons to a $96 million contract. The Mavericks dodged the bullet. So whatever Casey Smith says, that's what the Mavericks do, including bubble wrap for Zings. Now you know the inside stuff. Was it worth it? Man. That, that that's that's a that's a that's a story we can only get from a Hall of Famer like you, and I, I'm I'm glad you was able to break that down for all listeners, viewers, and everything in between. Because the fact that it matters because you're gonna still, you're gonna still hear these rumors about Porzingis until they win the championship. That's what I've been saying. I said, listen, listen, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. People are gonna dog out Porzingis until they win the championship, and they're gonna say, oh, I've always like everybody else. They called and saw. I always thought Porzingis until they win the title. I'm telling you. Yeah. Everyone loves you when you're winning. Everyone loves you when you're winning and they find a reason. And he seems to be the punching bag for the team. And I think some of it is unwarranted. And, and you make a good point about him not being able to get acclimated to the to the new defensive schemes or whatever their new emphasis is defensively because of his um, off-court time. He hasn't been been available, so it's hard to get adjusted. So it'll be- It's no difference than the guys who got COVID. Yeah. If you can't, if you got COVID, how can you play? Oh, I don't want to hear the excuses. That's just an excuse. Uh, it's just the fact. That's context. It's like uh, Josh Green come back. This man was in the hospital in Denver. It wasn't asymptomatic. He had COVID. Looking great. Oh man, the Mavericks gave away Seth Curry because Josh Green ain't no good. Josh got. Josh Richardson ain't no good. Jay Rich ain't no good. How about he's coming off of COVID for real? Not COVID where asymptomatic and it'll seem like the flu. Yeah. No, these but nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. At all. They, they don't want to hear that. It it's it's when we'll talk later. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's why I've been emphasizing patience because these these guys are coming back from something you don't just hop back into basketball especially professional basketball and just hit the ground running like it's la fitness or you know or the wreck you have to actually get back into the swing of things you haven't been playing for some of these guys for almost a month on top of that you've been inactive it's not like you've been been just shooting around and working up sweats and and training yeah you're sitting in a hospital and you come back out you practice for three or four days and you try to give it a go. You really don't know where your body stands until you actually take on the rigors of an actual NBA game. So with that being said, the outlook on the, on the Mavs moving forward, I'm, I'm one that keep Porzingis first and foremost, let him continue to develop, let him continue to find his way. Because like you said, he's a 25 year old player. He has a ton of ability he brings so much to the floor, even with even when he does not have the ball. 
spacing is such a big part of today's game and something that people aren't really paying attention to or aren't, aren't putting enough emphasis on. The Mavericks had the highest offensive rating ever last year. In history. In history. And most people don't even realize that their offensive rating right now in this run that they've been going on is actually at 119.9. Their offensive rating last year was 115.9, which was an NBA record. And now they're at this place, and they're only third in the league right now in offensive rating with this current win streak. So that just goes to show you how well they're they're clicking offensively. I know they've had some shooting woes. I know guys have been out. I know they haven't necessarily did, I mean, had everyone available at the most opportune time, but the facts are the facts. They're playing good basketball and they're actually playing better offensively than they were last year, which is hard to believe, but they're getting it done and it's actually equating to wins and newsflash everybody, Porzingis is part of that. So I think that you keep a guy like that in the fold, but moving forward, your outlook, do you think there's anything they should do um, personnel-wise, minus obviously the stars? Is there some, I mean, even if it's realistic or unrealistic, is there someone or a type of player you think they should or could add? And is there any surprises to you based on this roster in terms of performance this year? Uh, first of all, I think that they're definitely going to rise in the standings because this clip that they're playing at is not an accidental thing. I thought they were capable of doing it and they did so. They're in the number nine spot right now, but guess what? That's a half game behind number eight and one game behind number seven. They literally could wind up number five or number four. It's it's not impossible. You can't assume that these other teams are going to continue at the rate that they are. The Mavericks took a dip. Why can't other teams take a dip too? Just don't know what's going to happen, right? Even the Miami Heat took a dive off a coast. So you just don't know what's going to happen. That being said, um, I said last summer, if they could get Victor Oladipo, that'd be a nice move because Victor Oladipo, his game matches Lucas. He drives to the basket. No one gets to the basket quicker than Victor Oladipo in the league. He's the fastest to get to the glass. At the same time, he can kick it out to open men just like Luca. And Carlisle likes to have two – he likes to have two um, – Playmakers on the floor at the same time, so you can't just double-team Luka or double-team the other guy. That's why you see a lot of Jalen Brunson in the fourth quarter, and that's why, like in the NBA Finals, you saw J.J. Barea out on the floor at the same time as Jason Kidd. He started J.J. Barea. So with those things in mind, I was thinking Victor Oladipo, who could be a rental, you know, from the Houston Rockets because Rockets aren't going anywhere, and they know he's not going to stay. So perhaps you, uh, if the values, if it's, if it's not too much of a price to pay, make a trade, bring him on, kick the tires, see what it looks like. If you're able to extend him, great. If you can't, no harm, no foul. He goes on to Miami or wherever else he's, he's, uh, he's being rumored to go to. And by the way, he does like the Mavericks. It's not like, okay, he's getting shipped somewhere he didn't want to go to or it's out of the blue. He's, he's got a, a love for the Dallas Mavericks or I would have never brought his name up last summer. But to me, the ultimate fit is Bradley Beal. It's not going to happen because he's completely happy playing for Washington, and Washington likes him. And him and Russ right now, not Russell Wilson, who's cooking, but Russell Westbrook, who is cooking himself. So they, they seem to be happy, even though uh, um, they're not a great team. They've been winning recent. Um, I also said you can't get Bradley Beal 
figure out how to steal Zach Levine out of Chicago. You can get Zach Levine. He's a perfect fit because you need somebody other than Porzingis who can create their own shot. Luka creates his own shot. He is the quarterback. Porzingis is a high-octane weapon, but he does not create his own shot. He's, he's a floor spacer like Dirk, but he can do a few more other things than Dirk. But he's not the kind of guy that, in the old-fashioned terms of clear out of sight, you know, is clock's going to wind down, somebody that can dribble, back somebody down, or whatever they need to do, break somebody's ankles. That's what Zach Levine can do. Porzingis can't do that. Luka can do that, but you need somebody else on the roster that can do that. Tim Hardaway Jr. cannot do that either. Now, Brunson can do that, but he's not tall and he's not all-star counter. He's a very good player. He's a steal. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I, I was a fan of him on draft night. Um, speaking of draft night, I wish they would have drafted Desmond Bain, but that's neither here nor there. Everybody does. <laughs> I, I was rooting for them to take him. But they, were, they were on the mission of defense first, and Absolutely. I don't know why, but they went after Josh Green. Yeah, and they don't even they don't even play him that much. But uh, he's in the, he's in the G League right now. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, of course, yeah, he's in the. They try to get they try to get him some rest. What they do? Let me tell you what they look. They said we need somebody with energy that can hound some people. And that's why they went after him. Oh, one other note about Brunson real quick. You already know the story about Brunson. He won two different national championships with Villanova. He stayed the whole term. And people said, oh, there must be a problem with him. He wasn't one and done. Oh, he has no upside. This is all he is. So thus, the Mavericks were able to get him in the second round. I'm telling you, Lawrence, you can look it up or you can go to my Twitter handle and go to Mr. Chris Arnold and see what I'm talking about because I posted the pictures. Swear to God, Jalen Brunson looks exactly like a young comedian, Rick Red Fox. He looks like young Fred Sanford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I saw you tweet that, I fell out laughing because then I immediately went and looked at his picture and I was like, everything about it, just his mannerism, resting face, everything. It was even his hair, like his hair even has the hair and the beard, the, the, scraggly, the scraggly beard, everything. Oh he God. is young Red Fox. Somebody sent me an even better picture of young Red Fox. I, picture, I had a picture of Red Fox looking older, not even a Fred Sanford picture, but a Red Fox picture. And then Jalen next to him. Somebody sent me a picture of Jalen and a young Red Fox, and they are identical. They're like, there you go. So he can't deny it. He, he's young red to me. That's my new nickname for him. And, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's a compliment because Red Fox was a comedy genius. Anybody just want to laugh and say, oh, Fred Sanford. No, this man had the dirty albums before people could cuss for real on the records. You had yeah, to see and Fox put it in a paper brown paper bag, man. <laughs> Let your parents know you listen to some Red Fox. Man, these kids don't know, but he is they don't know sure a legend. They, he is for sure a legend. And it definitely is no disrespect if he's gonna get get likened to anybody. Um yeah. but uh but overall, I do I, I like the direction of this team. I think they're definitely catching their stride and the patience has actually has actually paid off. So I like what I see from them. If they can get Levine, like you said, that would be the ultimate um big play because right now, like um Porzingis is a finisher. They need another offense initiator. They got he can be their finisher. I would love to see them get a guy who can um, be a rim runner. Dwight Powell was kind of that guy, but he seems to have lost a little bit of his pop since coming back from injury. But he's still a young guy. Maybe he gets that back. Maybe he doesn't. 
but that's something to look into. Other than that, this roster is definitely ready to win at least a first mm-hmm. round series. Second round is up in the air. I think they, they still have some limitations on their roster that they need to address, but they're headed in the right direction and they're not as bad off as people thought they were initially because again, we can't emphasize enough that they had COVID. They were hit worse than any team in the league. And then you still need a grace period when you come back to kind of get back into a flow. And here we are today with a team that's winning games at a regular rate. They're not dropping games like they were and trying to figure it out. They actually have their team and they're actually able to be available every night. So I like what they're doing. And, um, and I'm interested to see how they, how they pan out moving forward. And I want to see if they make any moves. I doubt that they do, but it'll be interesting to see if they feel like they can make some tweaks to the roster before trying to make a real playoff push, because I know that they probably felt that they would be better this year in terms of seeding, but obviously with everything that's happened, they've taken a step back. Wonder if that changes their mentality or how they tried to go all in on defense. And that hasn't quite panned out the way they thought if that would be something that they're kind of saying, okay, well, let's lean all the way back in on offense again. But, um, but I, I think that where they are right now, you can't really complain. I mean, they're winning games. They're only one game behind or two games out of eighth place. And I think they'll be right there in the mix, if not already as a playoff team, they'll be right there in the play-in game. And I don't think anybody wants to see them in a play-in game. I was about to say that. They're going to be a team nobody wants to play because they will surprise somebody in the playoffs. In fact, I still see them getting out of the first round, no matter who the matchup is. Really? Okay, outside the Lakers. Top three. (laughs) Outside the Lakers. Now, Now, don't get me wrong. All three of them get their uh, their hands full except for the Clippers. I tr- I'm telling you, let me tell you what I don't. The Clippers got talent, but let me tell you what I found out about them. In the game where the Mavericks beat them by 51 points, this is what I found about that Clippers team: as talented as they are, they quit. Now let me say this: I can see them still losing that game, but you don't lose by 51 points. Maybe you lose by 30, but you don't lose by no 51 points because they were down by 50 at halftime. There ain't no way in hell, if you got any pride, that you want to set a record. You just don't go there. You figure out some kind of way to close, tighten it down. You may not win the game, but you're not going to, ain't nobody going to say that was the record-setting game. Yeah. So I figured, oh, yeah. And see, the thing about it is the Mavericks know they can beat them. It's not about, well, uh, yeah, we won a game and we won. No, the Mavericks are very confident that they got some matchup situations where they can beat the Clippers and they also feel like they owe them from uh, last year. So, you know, I, they ain't, I ain't worried about the Clippers. Utah's going to be a handful, but that's, that's not impossible. And the Lakers, I always say the reason you play these games in the NBA, you know, everybody, oh, it's an offer. Remember how back in the day people used to say, the haters, the casuals, they used to say, Right. is no good. It's just always going to be Golden State versus Cleveland in the finals. So I don't even matter. It don't even matter. It's going to be Golden State. Remember how I used to say that? Mm-hmm. This is what I used to throw at people. I always used to say, um, who won it in 2017? Uh, Cleveland. I said, I thought it was an automatic about Golden State. Because if you recall, Golden State had won more games than any team in history. They were trying to three-peat. It was all good and gone until guess what? Draymond punched LeBron up in the jewelry and the jewels, the family jewels. Yep. He gets suspended. They go to a game seven. 
and LeBron willed the Cleveland Cavaliers to a championship, which showed you anything can happen. You cannot say, oh, it's just going to be Golden State. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who, even um, when Toronto won, look at Toronto. Guess yeah. who all got hurt? KD and Clay. If KD and Clay don't get hurt, is it an automatic Toronto championship? No. Nope. But guess what? Uh, Kawhi is a hero in Toronto the rest of his life. You don't have to buy dinner or drink the rest of his life in Canada, anywhere in the country. Yeah. He, so he, you he, let he, you he, play he, these games out. If the Mavericks wind up playing the Lakers, you don't know if uh, LeBron's back goes out, 36-year-old back goes out. You have no idea. You got to let it play. That, that, that's 100% because um, as these games go, nothing's a guarantee. And, and to win a championship, you need a, you need a little bit of luck anyway. And hey, with, exactly. all, with all the with all the bad luck the the Mavs have had this year, I'll take it. When they had when they got a chance to play the Nets with no KD, I was like, I'll take it. When they play these yeah, teams, that's what you do. Out, I'm like, I'll take it because the fact of the matter is, everybody's gonna deal with something at some point. You just gotta capitalize when it's your turn. Nobody was feeling sorry for the Mavericks in January. I'm talking about the other teams that were beating up on the Mavericks. Nobody yeah. feeling sorry for them. Oh yeah, your players got COVID. Well, sorry. We take exactly. this. We take this L home with you. <laughs> exactly. So, with that being said, thank you again for coming on the Emmy Award winner, Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Dallas Mavericks OG, sports talk show host of one hundred five point three The Fan, Mister Chris Arnold. Thank you so much for your time, insight, giving us the real because. Man, Maverick fans need to hear all of this because I, I, I watch Twitter and, I, and I'm reading social media and it's always, it's either hell or heaven. It's either we're all in or we're all out. It's never in between. And you're much like me. You just have a balance of perspective to understand what the team is going through and how they can play moving forward. So I appreciate your time coming on the show, sharing your knowledge with us. I try to put some wisdom with that knowledge. Knowledge is having some information. Wisdom is knowing what to do with it. And I've had some experience. So I kind of know what to do with it and add a little context. Anytime, LB. Man, dropping jewels on his way out. Again, subscribe to the podcast. Download on all streaming platforms. You can catch me on Twitter at LB Said It. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. And at Hootball Mavs. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-M-A-V-S, live tweeting games, talking about the Mavs and everything in between. Chris, it was a pleasure. Hope to have you back again, but be safe down there. Thanks for taking out a little bit of time to come talk with us. You got it. Got you down. Yes, sir. Talk to you guys soon. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.